0: Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3.
1: Money FM 89.3. Good morning and thanks for joining us on The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang with you. Going to be taking a closer look at something that has been making headlines for quite a while now and especially now in Singapore because of the announcement of carbon taxes. It's all about sustainability and how those carbon taxes will help. As it was announced at Budget 2022, Singapore is bringing forward its net zero timeline by or around mid-century. This is all part of green initiatives that the government has in store. The biggest highlight was probably carbon taxes, as we mentioned earlier. They were introduced in 2019 in Singapore, if you recall, at just $5 per tonne of emissions. And this will be raised to $25 per tonne in 2024 and 2022. So all of this will increase even further at $45 per ton in 2026 and 2027. The idea or the aim and the long-term aim is for it to hit 50 Singapore dollars to 80 Singapore dollars per ton by 2030. Of course, the government is also aiming to publish a Singapore Green Bond framework and issue its inaugural Green Bond later this year. The goal for that is to issue up to $35 billion in such bonds by 2030 to fund public sector green infrastructure projects. The question, though, is how will all of these changes impact businesses in Singapore? Joining us now is Wong Wai Ming. He is SG Tech Chair and CEO of Keppel Data Centers. Good morning, Wai Ming.
2: Good morning, guys thanks for having
1: me on the show. Nice to have you on as well. So, Waimeng, all of this talk about carbon taxes, it's got many businesses in a tizzy. Tell me what you think about this five-fold progressive increase in the carbon tax.
2: Well, we see this as a very timely and necessary move if we are to achieve our COP commitments. Why? First, it helps to bring parity of pricing between renewables and greener energy versus hydrocarbon fuels, which is mainly the the fuel used to generate power on our grid, or if not at least close the gap. And second, is to encourage innovations in sustainability. Now, to bring some context to the level of carbon pricing, uh, what does $25 mean? The cost mm-hmm. of CCUS, which stands for carbon capture, utilization, and storage, hovers around $150 US dollar per tonne, plus minus, uh, depending on where you capture the carbon and how you sequester or store it. Now, $25 okay. per tonne is still far from the cost of CCUS. And even at $80 thing, by 2030, we are barely halfway there. But we are heartened by the government's intent to pursue a greener and more sustainable Singapore. And we are taking a a more gradual pathway there. Mm. But most importantly, we we want to applaud the government declaring that revenue from carbon tax will be fully redistributed to help companies and households cope with the increased cost and also to be reinvested to drive uh, innovations in, in sustainability. Right? So if you play forward correctly, you'll place Singapore as a leader in creating sustainability technology that could be exported in the region and, and hopefully globally. Right? But however, this increase in carbon taxes will only address demand for products and services with a larger or large carbon footprint. Mm. So as an economy we will also need to address how the adoption of innovation and new tech can help produce cleaner, greener products and and services. Uh, There's also great opportunities in green financing, in high-quality carbon trading that Singapore is very well positioned to capture and potentially develop all this into a regional hub.
0: Waiming, oh, I mean, thanks a lot for, for breaking that down with us. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, net zero carbon future. Everyone puts so much emphasis on it. In your opinion, after hearing all the measures in Budget 2022, would you say then we're on the right track?
2: Well, I would say we have a long way to go. but At least we are taking a progressive approach to, to reach there. Right? I think the most encouraging part is that our finance minister will announce in our budget speech that more support will be made available for companies to invest in high-energy efficient equipment and so the carbonization solutions, right? And we feel that such support will be crucial, especially for the SMEs, which make up uh, 99% of our businesses in Singapore, right? And it is important to help them pivot uh, with all these investment. But however, we wish to caution everyone that this is a complex problem, right? We need the government to engage the industry in regular dialogue and reviews so that we can collectively tackle any unintended and undesirable consequences that might surface, such as an indirect impact to the rate of uh, digitalization, because computer system needs power, right? And, mm-hmm. and being able to engage industry-specific uh, trade associations like Tech who have the knowledge about unique challenges in each sector, then we can provide targeted help for all these companies right, in each of them. And as we are aware, Singapore's biggest challenge in resource transition is that we are not endowed with naturally occurring sources of renewable energy. Hence, we we need to be exceptionally creative and be able to imagine the future. Now, in my view, short of going to nuclear energy, hydrogen seems to be the next best alternative now. But we may have to take this in our own hands and create and accelerate our own hydrogen economy instead of waiting for it to develop naturally over the next two decades, which is too slow. We are 10 years away from 2050. Now we have set our ambitions very clear to bring forward our net zero target. By 2050, we are highly supportive of what Singapore is doing, but we need an energy transition plan and not just a simplistic carbon avoidance plan.
1: Mm. So let's talk about prospective energy transition plan. I do understand that the authorities are looking into hydrogen. A lot has been said about research being done in this arena. Where are we now and what would you recommend be the next steps in terms of coming up with this plan that you say is so important? Mm.
2: So hydrogen is still in its infancy stage, but we believe it is the most probably viable medium. Of course, there are other mediums to carry renewable energy from other parts of the world in Singapore. But I think there's many, many organizations in this field, in the ecosystem from the Japanese to the Europeans, There's really placing a lot of investments, R&D, and even into pilot trials, right, into how hydrogen can be the future to to move green energy and renewable energy around the world. So where are we today? I think there's many so-called pilot projects that's running around. I mean, personally, in Kappa, we are doing some. We are exploring all the different mediums from ammonia to liquid hydrogen, so all are at very initial stages, right? So right, what we right. need to do is really a project to take this pilot into more reality to drive economies of scale.
0: Uh, obviously, what are you hearing with regards to your partners when it comes to uh, the impacts or potential impacts of all these uh, new carbon taxes?
2: I think everyone is moving there. If you if you look at $5, you're far away down, down the percentile against the yeah. other worst carbon Compared taxes. Sweden right? is... Yeah, like yeah. Sweden is probably the top in the world, 120 over US dollars. So, but even at 120 US, it's still below the carbon capture CCUS costs, right? So, I think the whole world is moving there. Uh, like I say, the key thing is after you tax, what do you do with the taxes, right? That's why we are mm-hmm. saying Singapore government is taking a very right step, right? Our finance minister has declared that we're going to make net zero gains from this uh, carbon tax itself, and all will be redistributed and reinvested. I think that's the way to go forward.
1: What do you think of the carbon bonds? To what extent do you think those will actually help lessen the impact of the tax increase?
2: I would say everything helps to come into play. Money needs to flow into green tech. Money needs to flow from finance to finance projects uh, that will bring us into a, the transition of new energy into our future. So all these things are important, right? So I don't think it's going to net off the carbon tax per se itself. But the green bonds issue, I believe, will be invested into innovations and new sustainable technology to move us forward correctly.
0: Waibang, a lot of emphasis in recent times being put on these data centres and the potential for greener data centres. What are your thoughts on where Singapore is at when it comes to this, especially after it recently lifted its moratorium on new data centre projects, trying to move Mm -hmm. towards that sustainable digital future?
2: Uh, Any opinion on this? I have lots of opinion, mm. but uh, <laughs> as we it, know, <laughs> data center is an important digital infrastructure for our digitalization journey, all of us know. However, digitalization, which requires more data centers and sustainability, uh, they have a dichotomous relationship, right? So, but there is also great opportunity for Singapore. We have always succeeded as a hub. And now to position ourselves as a global digital and data hub as the whole world goes digital. And we see huge opportunity in this area. Now, in our view, from the data center industry is that we have, we have to take a very balanced approach to ensure that we do not spin down the flywheel of being a preferred data hub while we are trying to spin up our decarbonization uh, plan, right? So, so despite the increase in data, you mentioned it right, uh, we had a two-year uh, moratorium in place, not lifted yet officially, and, and we are not adding enough capacity based on the demand. We are seeing fast enough right, for the market to consume. Now, but, but what we are trying to do is we are trying to encourage the industry to explore innovative solutions and return for ability to build more capacity without generating more carbon. So while data center consumes large amount of energy, right, it's one of the big energy consumption, there's actually two sides to view this coin, right? If we aggregate this demand and we can use this to drive economies of scale and use that demand of in economies of scale to accelerate our transition to greener energy, uh, this can be a very powerful and instant business case to encourage investment, for example, in the hydrogen ecosystem mm. or investment in more large scale renewable projects in the region, right? So, so I like to quote these two Chinese words called weiji, right? When used together, it means danger, right? But interpreted individually, they mean danger and opportunity separately.
1: Mm-hmm. Now this is
2: Chinese wisdom, right? It recognizes that mm-hmm. when there's danger, therein lies opportunity. So in our context, it's not danger, it's just a problem. But if you can see the other side of this coin, it can become a powerful opportunity for our solution. We mentioned about what does it take to do a project. This could be what it takes, right? The demand to drive a pilot project to finance it, to make business sense of it. And take take this uh, destiny in our own hands and move things forward.
1: Well, the Singapore government has said that uh, data centers that are set up now will have to meet pretty stringent guidelines when it comes to energy Mm. efficiency. So do you think we're already kind of on the way uh, to what you're alluding to? You know, a situation where people are open, data center operators such as yourselves, are also open uh, to coming up with proper compromises that are not just... Compromises that are seen as having to just meet requirements, but rather opportunities to move forward into the future.
2: Absolutely, the whole industry has been speaking together uh, pretty constantly, even before we speak about you know lifting more torrent. So everyone is working together. I think this is very heartening to see the whole industry. While we compete for projects, everyone is getting together to say, how, what are we going to do right, to help this whole decarbonisation? We respect the government's stance. Right? We understand that very well. We just see that if we do not fix this, we are missing a big opportunity for Singapore moving forward as the whole world goes digital. So it's not just for Singapore, but I think the whole plan is, is really sustainability for the world. And, and the whole industry, every single company has ESG in them that, that is really standing behind to drive it. It's like what it takes, right? Can will the government, can the government work closer with the private sector to make this happen together? We need to do it together. We can't do it alone either way.
0: So Waiming, on, on that note, can we put Keppel Data Centre as a case study? What have you guys done so far when it comes to reducing your own carbon footprint? What have you succeeded at? And what's your projection personally?
2: We have been doing very ambitious projects if you have been catching some of the press release, we have been pulling together. For example, to do a hydrogen ecosystem, right? You need the upstream, you need the midstream, you need the downstream. Capa can't do everything. Yes, we are a big conglomerate sure. that has multiple capabilities in engineering, but we still need partners through the whole ecosystem to deliver the hydrogen successfully to Singapore and land and fire as power and energy. So we have done many many uh, so called feasibility studies. We invested lots of money. Uh, we have a team of you know, more than 10 people doing nothing but looking at all these innovations on a daily basis. Uh, we're putting behind, money behind of what we are speaking. And, and all the partners that join us are the big names across the world that are also putting money and resources because we all believe uh, hydrogen potentially is, is, is going to be the next green medium right, to carry us into the future. So lots of projects in that. And also in terms of using software Right. Mm-hmm. There's many things to optimize before you bring in the green energy. So how do we drive the limit of all this you know, equipment to deliver its maximum efficiency? That's also very, very important. So using AI and you know, machine learning capabilities to really do dynamic real-time optimization. And at the same time, we, we have been also doing multiple projects with the government, right? I think there's multiple partners in the industry. We have led a couple of it like the Tropical Data Center. Can computer system operate closer to ambient temperature and humidity so that we don't have to spend so much energy to cool it? We are talking about floating data centers that doesn't use land, right? And doesn't use even treated water, right? We use seawater to, to, to achieve the cooling and, and basically drive even higher efficiency. So we are doing a lot of wow experiments and some of them, are, we are trying to learn some of it in reality too. Yeah.
1: Mm. You know, I just want to get your, your views on this, Waimeing. As Singapore becomes more stringent about these green provisions and restrictions, to what extent might companies prefer to go to other countries to set up data centres where conditions might be less stringent? Might we lose our place in this arena?
2: That's a very good, good, good question. Is not whether we are driving green. I think companies will still operate in Singapore despite the carbon tax, even if you put $100, don't quote me. Mm. I believe all these uh, big companies who trust Singapore as a hub. Uh, we have always been trusted as a hub right, for our stability, infrastructure, for our transparency in our regulatory framework, and everything that goes with it. So they will still come. And, and in every company, especially the big ones, right, they have pledged. go carbon neutral right they are pledging beyond what cop requires right in this whole global warming so they will be supportive so you tax it either way and whatever risk constraint you put you drive high efficiency big investment in such to achieve they will come and they will stay however the challenge is i was alluding to the fact that we should avoid a carbon avoidance plans purely simplistically that means you i don't let you build anymore you just have to go away then if you do that you're probably going to push them out right and and we're trying to push them to our boundaries so that we still have those data close to us but the risk is when you push them they may not go to the boundary they may just go away for good right so a very good example is a lot of big companies uh, global companies are using singapore as a hub right because they trust us to serve the southeast asian region and the southeast asian customers but if you say, no, you can't build in Singapore, you go to another island decide how to build, they will say, forget it, right? Going to another island is going to another jurisdiction. They may just project themselves directly into the key cities and deal with the risk, right? So I don't think it's our stance on sustainability. You can put all the regulation as long as it's for the good of global warming and, and, and all these greenhouse gas emission reduction. I believe all these companies are responsible organizations. They will come, they will stay, and in fact, they will co-invest together with us to create our green future. But the key thing is just don't say no to them. Tell them, how are we going to do it together? They will come, they will stay.
0: We've been speaking with Wong Wyming, SG Tech Chair and CEO, Keppel Data Centers. Wyming, appreciate your time this morning. Take care and stay safe.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at
2: moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.